Hey! I'm out here. I'm, at, I'm ready. No, I think I'm that at it, the car. Brunch. Hit it, boys. Goon Squad. What's that from? Don't know. Goon Squad? Yeah. People say Goon Squad, though. Yeah, but I think that it's like a... Isn't, wait. No, that's Terror Squad. Uh, Terror Squad. Uh, you w- want to see... Hey, video people. You want to know what this video would look like if we were the Terror Squad? On three. One, two, three. I get it. I leaned so far back I was out of the shot. <laughs> Dream episode. Nah, but we are the Goon Squad, and we're coming to town. Beep, beep. It's brunch on Washed Media. You can check us out on Instagram at Listen to Brunch. We haven't posted anything from that Instagram in 100 years, I don't think. We haven't. We also haven't done a video. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Whoa, is that is the camera of the Terror Squad right? This is a must-see video episode oh, boy. already. Oh, boy. Goon Squad. Breaking stuff. You know what else I was thinking about? This is the good stuff. What is going on? Oh, no. All of this is staying. We're just... Uh, this is solidarity with our circling back brethren having some video issues because they aren't able to do video this week because they're moving into their new office. I thought they moved into that new office like eight years ago. They've been saying that they were... <laughs> yeah. they're, uh, what's her face? They're Bonnie from uh, Family Guy. She's always pregnant. Oh, right. Yeah. I I've, I've swear they moved into that episode so long ago. Yeah, because remember that, they uh, did the, that they, office. They did the TikTok that was like POV, the bad boys of podcasting are moving in. And we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> By the way, that's something that we got to give up. Everybody, every group of guys now that has a podcast thinks that they made up the bad boys of podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah, we're, we're relinquishing it. You can have it. We're the goon squad of podcasting. <laughs> I saw... Uh, I feel like goon squad is just like something that like every group of middle school boys yells at one point in their life. Goon squad. Uh, I saw Nine Inch Nails at Boston Calling because if you went to Boston Calling at any point, even for three minutes, it's likely you saw Nine Inch Nails filling in for your favorite artist. Troopers they were. They were... So Boston Calling, local music festival... None of the headliners played. Rage Against the Machine, Chili Peppers, and Foo Fighters were supposed to headline. It ended up being uh, Nine, Inch be- Nine Inch Nails filling in for Foo Fighters, which, like, that's okay. Yes. Uh, Nine Inch Nails filling in for The Strokes, filling in for uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers because The Strokes got COVID. And then Metallica filling in for Rage Against the Machine, which folks tell me. I've kind of sworn off seeing Metallica, but people who went to see Metallica insist that uh, that they were very good. They're back. Maybe they're back. Uh, James Hetfield, I don't know if you've seen, he's been going viral a lot because he'll like, in the middle of songs, he'll give like little mental health talks. Cool. And he'll just be like, Down hey, with that. everybody, talk to your friends. If a hardo like me can talk to your friends, you can talk to your friends. I'm like, all right, James Hetfield, I'm with that. Uh, our friend Mike Hurley sent me a video of in the middle of one of their songs. He was given one of those speeches, and as he's like talking, he was like, "Hey, it's okay to not." And somebody yells, "Like somebody just say the Celtics score!" <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did not go to Boston Calling. I had the opportunity you to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was it, a real that was they, a, won't they on Saturday. That was a real wild day. I'll tell you. We went to the Red Sox game in the afternoon on Saturday. First game of a doubleheader uh, started at noon. Got there ab- about at, at the right time. Um, yeah. And then the game finished. We saw a win. Good for us. Mm. And there was like this like uh, we were kind of in no man's land between like two activities. It was like I was considering going back to the Red Sox game at six o'clock for the second portion of a doubleheader. And you were like, why don't you just come to Boston Calling? And then both of those Came plans. some passes. It would have been a nice day. But then both of those plans were like thrown into a blender because it started pouring raining. So it yeah. was like, don't know if Boston Calling is going to happen. Don't know if the Red Sox are going to play. So we were kind of just like stuck wondering what was going to happen. And then like the skies cleared up and I was like, you know what? 
I don't need to go to Boston calling. I don't need to see anybody. I'm just going to go home. And I went home. I laid in bed for the rest of the day and watched hockey. Yo, I do that. If I do anything that involves day drinking, the chances are so high that the next thing I do is lay in bed and watch something. It's usually, um, I used to be like a big go home and watch like... I. I feel like I would watch like Love a lot, like something that it's the, the classic, like something you've seen, something you like. It's comfortable. It's not going to make your brain work. Doesn't matter if you fall asleep. Right. Playoff hockey, very similar. Yeah, especially Just the Rangers series. Low stakes. Don't really care about it. Doesn't matter. I'm actually, for video people, this is a video episode we're doing. It's the first one in a while. We got away from video for a bit and uh, so clearly rusty. Reports. Clearly yeah. rusty. Yeah, we were doing intermission reports. I feel like. Uh, I feel like the podcast has been in like a weird space recently because like our, our schedules haven't really lined up as well as we would like. Um, we've been doing like a lot of intermission reports, a lot of like off-site podcasting. Yeah. By off-site, I mean like three rooms down. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this episode feels like a, uh, a sort of reset because yeah. it's like the first time in a little bit that I was like, okay, we've got content, mm-hmm. we've got... Uh, I think this is. I think we actually talked about it on the Patreon episode last week when we did very uh, good Patreon episode. By the way, we did initial Top Gun Maverick uh, thoughts last week during the intermission report, and I feel like we talked about Top Gun Maverick is like the first pillar movie that we've had in the podcast so for a long. long time, definitely since the pandemic started. Yeah, and I would guess maybe even years before that. Midsommar was famously 2019. So I guess the first one in three years, and yeah. I believe Top Gun Maverick, I think, was supposed to come out like three years, two ago. days after Midsommar, <laughs> yeah. but just uh, never, never ended up uh, happening. So we did the. If you want the, we went pretty deep for initial thoughts, but what was cool is we knew that we could shoot our wad and then regenerate. Yes, with, the refractory period. With Top Gun, there's so much. I'll finish. I, I, I kept saying Goon Squad. The reason is because uh, I saw Nine Inch Nails fill in for the Strokes, and they played Fashion by David Bowie. And the whole time I was watching Nine Inch Nails, my friend Brad and I, who were pretty sure only knew two songs by Nine Inch Nails, Hurt, which everybody knows because of Johnny Cash, and uh, Closer, which Closer is a great song. We were just like the whole time. We were just like, "Yo, hope they play closer next. It's gonna this place is gonna <laughs> pop off when they play closer." And that got to the point where, like, when they'd be about to play a song, we'd start like singing like the drum intro. We'd be like, <laughs> and let, let me tell you, we were in like a VIP tent thing, which was basically like old white guys who just wanted to see Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, they hated us real quick. Okay. A uh, lot of looks. They didn't even end up playing closer. Really? Hilarious. They're filling in for the Strokes, who are like a fun, poppy rock band. Your crowd is a bunch of people who thought they were going to see something that everybody knows every song by, and they didn't play one of the only songs that uh, <laughs> I everybody that. would know by I kind of love that move. Also, yeah. I assume that they probably had to switch up the set list because they played three days in a row. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I looked at their set lists, and I was like, you know what? Those guys rock. I'm not huge fans of them, but they put on a great show and they do like vary the set list from night to night. So that's really cool. But they're playing one song that I was like, oh, shit, I know this song. I love this song. I fucking like Nine Inch Nails. And it was Fashion by David Bowie. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it was when they got to the, the part, the, we are the goon squad and we're coming to town. Beep, beep. I was like, this probably isn't a Nine Inch Nails song. But yeah, I've been listening to like a lot of, uh, I guess, 80s uh, Bowie since. But we've got a lot. We're going to do Top Gun today. Uh, I, I Personally, I'm an oil man. But uh, as the NHL conference finals are underway, we got a lot of fun shit going on. Oil last night had themselves a... Little trouble, a little bit of a, <laughs> a doozy. little bit, yeah. Uh, if there was any game that deserved to be a sequel to the Battle of Alberta, that was fucking it. I love that they were like, "We are the Battle of Alberta," <laughs> right? Yeah, we bring the ruckus. We, yes, that is, I like, I, we are the ones. Do who not knock. give the Flames credit for that. <laughs> Seriously, I was, I was thinking during that, I was like, "Yo, just like move 
Denver to fucking Alberta, who's going to miss it? <laughs> Probably Colorado. Probably. They, they have... I, I, they have like a very strong fan base. They must. The Avs? The Avalanche, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think I wouldn't say it's like the ma- most massive or like die hard, but I think that they care. But for a newer team that plays in, it's probably not a hockey market, but it's like it's a hockey as area. Close, yeah. It's like a winter market. Exactly. Yeah. I'm. I like this finals. I don't think that uh, I'm gonna be super happy being an oil man. I think that this will be relatively. Easy lifting for Colorado once they get their shit together, and I'm re- I'm just trying to manifest the Rangers. If the Rangers make the Stanley Cup final this year, that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. I don't know how. I think it's going to be a closer series than most people expect. Mm. Like I think a lot of people are expecting the Lightning to run over the Rangers. I think it's going to happen on the opposite series. I think Colorado is going to run through Edmonton. I think those games are going to be obviously entertaining as we saw in Game One. But I would say like. Five game series there, and I could see uh, I could see New York and Tampa going like six or seven games. That would be that'd be nice. I I, I just love. I'm still kind of uh, reeling from the Rangers losing their fucking minds last year with the whole Tom Wilson thing, and how like if they didn't fire everybody, what even better situation they'd be in right now? <laughs> like we'd be talking about them a little more seriously. But whatever. Shout out Jeff Gorton. The fruits of his labor. Hey, labor. So, sometimes shit gets crazy. And you. Uh, I, it would be funny, though, if Jeff Gorton uh, was uh, general manager of the New York Rangers. They implode. Yeah. They fire him. Uh, and then he goes to the team that was in the Stanley Cup final last year. Yeah. And now the team that fired him reaches the Stanley Cup final without him. Well, uh, he actually just made a, a pretty big hiring, or should I say thiring? Thiring. Oh, I get it. The thiring, Marty St. Louis thighs. There isn't a ring in the world you could put around the thighs of Martin St. Louis. Uh, classic. Uh, I wouldn't priorities. say that, that was a high. That was that was more of a a it's re-signing. No, no, no. It's a hiring. It's a if you go from uh, what's it called interim, interim to full. To, but it's a hire. Yeah, but. He's already like there. It's like you're on, yeah, exactly. But it's like if you're on like a, a temp job, yes, or you're part time, right. and then they make you full time. You a got lot of hired. People around okay. the building won't know that you weren't already full time. But yeah. as you go around, people are like, hey, just so you know, they're making me full time. They'd be me, really happy for you, even though they thought like, yeah, I guess that 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 counts. Uh, like I was at CBS for like two and a half years before I was f- like a full time employee. Yeah, I, I still don't know what kind of employee I've uh, ever been. <laughs> anywhere i um i i was gonna say uh classic uh priorities that the celtics are in the nba finals and we're like well quick little oilers hour let's get those in there uh who do you think is hotter shit right now miles teller or Nia Long. There are two Miles people Teller. that the internet like right now. Yeah, it's Miles Teller. And both of them I feel like are people like discovering something that like what are you talking about? We've all like everybody's always been on this. Like people being like, "Oh, like Miles Teller is attractive." Thanks. Yeah, no shit. Or like, "Oh, holy smokes, Nia Long? Wow, she's pretty in everything, huh?" Yes. I, yeah, well, I would mean I, I think that the Nia Long thing is like mostly Boston now. No, I would say are it's sh- just like NBA, it's people, it's basketball fans who didn't uh understand or didn't know that uh Sorry to Nia everybody Long... who's hearing my computer updates right now. That's all right. Quite annoying. That's all right. It's a life update from the computer. <laughs> um I think it's just basketball people or people or even like casual fans who didn't know that Nia Long was Ime Udoka's partner. So now people being like, ooh, this changes everything. It doesn't. Uh, so Miles Teller's harder shit because Top Gun Maverick is like the best movie in the world right now and also like the best movie in the history of Hollywood. And uh, he I, this is I think this is like Miles Teller should have had like four coming out parties already. But like for some reason, I think only people that are like really paying attention are kind of aware of how good Miles Teller is. Yeah. And also like Miles Teller has had his I wouldn't say like. A troubled past, a, co- a complicated, a confusing past, where like people don't 
for a long time, people didn't want to like Miles Teller. Yeah, Miles Teller always plays the good guy, but he gives off. Maybe he's technically good, but he seems like a douche or an asshole. And he, I mean, I say this with all the love in my heart. Miles Teller is a douche, right? Like he get like he. I don't think so. I think that like, I think that he's a guy who's figuring it out. That's what a douche is, and that's why like we're all douches. Okay. Well, I mean, like if we're all douches, then yeah, Miles Teller's a douche too. I think that like Miles Teller probably watches the Gillette commercial and thinks. Yeah, I'm on board with this. So he's not like a he's not like yeah. lost. Okay, okay, all right, fine. Yeah, I'll he's take got that. some like kind of douchey qualities. Uh, one, yeah, like he's friends with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'll, I'll tell you what a great quality is: hair. And uh, you know that we are not a bald shaming podcast. We are not definitely not a hair shaming podcast. No, I personally am an oil man. It doesn't really have anything to do with uh, anything, but. I believe I've said this to you. Since I cut my hair, it's easier to notice that I've got a few grays on the old head. And I promise you, I do not shame grays. I think that grays are hot. You should think that. Like, we all... Yeah. It, John Hammond in Top Gun. They I, let those grays fly, and they look fantastic. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm waiting for the day. I'm waiting on the day that, like, it, they, they pop in. So that's... Where we're different, I'm. They've popped in for me. I've been seeing them a bit, and while I'll be a very good salt and pepper type guy or whatever, I feel like I haven't earned it yet. Okay, you're not ready yet. I feel like I've still got some not that handsome yet <laughs> moments before I become unequivocally handsome. Okay. So yeah, th- all right. So I like. I think that's. I think that's fair. Like I think that like. You can be at a point where you're ready, and if you're not ready yet, that's fine. Honestly, like we'll talk about Valor in the Top Gun <laughs> stuff. It kind of feels like stolen Valor if I suddenly have like good graying hair. Okay. So selflessly, I'm doing what a lot of men do, which is say, "Hey, what do I do about these grays?" Talk to our friends at L'Oreal, and they've got the new L'Oreal Paris Men Expert. Uh, one twist hair color. And when Brett told me about this, I lost it because this is exactly what I need. It's not like a full blown, okay, I'm dying my hair. Everything's going to be like this overwhelming thing. It's this little container. You, you twist it, you shake it. It comes with gloves. It comes with everything. You kind of comb it through the little area. Mine's right here. Video people. It's right on the side where I've got a few little, uh, uh, what's his, my guy's name from The Sopranos? The, the guy goes, hey, 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 hey. he's like one of the poly walnuts. Ah, yes, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. The kind of like gray wings thing. I don't want that quite yet. So you just kind of rub it through. It's super easy. It's mess free, particularly in comparison to other products in the market. It's for men. It's for women. It is foolproof. And over the next six weeks, we're gonna discuss. How it's coming along, how I'm looking, dealing with having gray hair, stigmas that surround it. Again, I am all positive when it comes to this, but I just personally think that as we begin to go gray, you got to do it on your own time when it's right for you. It's the first men's hair color of its kind. It offers natural, undetectable gray coverage. That's the L'Oreal Paris Men Expert One Twist Hair Color. So that's how John Hamm looks. Yeah. And he looks... Again, he's going without. I'm going to go with for a little while. Okay. And then once I get there, it's going to look great. Uh, on Miles Teller, uh, he returns Valor in this movie. How, how so? We should say first, we saw it for a second time. Yesterday. Yeah, we did we see did, it. Uh, IMAX, we did baby. IMAX. That was so worth it. Uh, if I, I'm going to give... The, I'm going to give this movie the strongest possible recommend to everybody that I ever meet in my entire life. Doesn't matter if you're a baby, if you're like three years old, yeah. you should be seeing this movie. It should be a uh, a real like, hey, welcome, welcome to Earth, welcome to cinema. This is what you need to watch. Uh, but I think that if you're go- if you can see it right now, see it in IMAX. Yeah, it's worth it. And apparently, I didn't know this until uh, our friend Jeff D. Lowe told me. Not all Ma- not all IMAXs are created equal. A lot of theaters will have an IMAX theater, but it's not like real true IMAX. So 
it's on Wikipedia. There, there's a list of like the real IMAX theaters. So we went to one that I believe, to my knowledge, is like the real deal. They talk about lasers in there. I didn't see any lasers, but that did seem like the real deal. That place was a palace. It was the biggest movie theater that I've ever seen in my life. This, and the screen was like all curved yeah. and crazy. It wasn't quite Omni Theater level. I did look up whether the Omni Theater, which is a theater in the Museum of Science in Boston, was showing it. It's not. God, what the fuck? What a waste. Yeah, what the hell? I would absolutely go see that. A lot of people have been saying uh, to me on Twitter that I, I got to check it out in 4DX, which I didn't know was a thing. It's um, the, it's like a 4D movie theater where like the seat moves or the seat rumbles uh, and they give you like sort of like in-seat experience. And the, I don't think there are any 4DX theaters on like the eastern coasts outside, like outside of New England or inside New England. I found one. Could do by. Yeah, there's. I I, I found one. There's one in Epping. Epping. Which, yeah, it's in New Hampshire. There's a 4DX theater in Epping. I'm as shocked as you are. What? Why? I don't know, but you could see it in standard. You could see it in D box. D box is some real like uh, call sign. It's not. It's not the. Uh, it's not the plane. It's the pilot in the D box. That's right. Um. But we are the Goon Squad, and we're coming to town. Uh, I wa- in watching Top Gun Maverick for a second time, I was half trying to enjoy it. I was going to fully enjoy it no matter what. But I was also, like, honestly scanning it for, is this actually, like, an elite movie? Is this actually, like, a great movie? Should this get Oscars buzz? I was, I was on the second viewing, I was kind of looking for things to nitpick uh, just to be, like, you know... I mean, I, there, I, there are. I have, I immediately proclaim this as one of my favorite movies of all time after watching it the first time. After watching it the second time, it is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. This it, is, this will be a lot of people's, like, one of their favorite movies. Top this, Gun was a lot of people's favorite movie of all time, or like one of their favorite movies. And this one is significantly better than the first one. Yeah, I'll remind listeners: Top Gun fucking sucks. No, the, it the doesn't. Original movie? The, no, it that, doesn't. It's a bad movie. It's you keep stupid. saying that. It's, it's not a bad movie. It is a. I didn't know this. A lot. It's of a very people, fun movie. A lot of. I felt like I was crazy when I watched it a few weeks ago. A lot of people acknowledge that. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Top Gun's a bad movie. But I'd, it's say like... it's, I'd say it's a flawed movie, but it's not a bad movie. It's a very fun action movie, especially, like, at the time it came out. Were you doing so- – were you, like, playing, like, mini golf when you were watching? Were you doing something else fun when you were – How do you, you not have, think like, that... a fun experience? Dude, that – how do you not think that that movie's fun? Like, it's just, like – a couple of it's a bunch of bros at, at flight school and they're just having a gay old time. So that's the only good thing about it. That's the inti- that's the entire movie. No, no, no. It tries to do other things. This the only good thing about this, and I've, I'm repeating myself. I said this a hundred times, is that the type of people who probably were excited to see Top Gun in like the late '80s were some like typical '80s men's men. And I love the idea that they were shown a super gay movie and they were like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's good. I gave them my finger on it. But like something about that whole vibe and just like the way they all were with each other, bro. I really like it. So th- th- that tickles me about it. And I love that. That is very funny. But that's it. And then they're like, oh, if it's, you're like, OK, what else do you like about it? I'll take some Kenny Loggins. But I mean, I, I thought that it was it, I thought that the vibe Meg Ryan looks incredible. I thought the vibe was very fun and very cool. of The first one, the plot extremely thin. And I've said this a million times, but like the plot of the first one is, hey, flight school. That's pretty sick. Right. Hmm. And that's it. That's the that's the entire like it's just a bunch of guys acting gay competing at flight school. But this one is so much better because. It's a. It's just like a better action movie. It's a lot more focused. It yes. has a plan. It's about literally one mission, mm-hmm. and they they don't beat you over the head with it, but they but the, they, they inject you every like one to three months with a little bit of it. So by the time they're even practicing this. Look, obviously everybody looks very good. The 
The cinematography is a hundred times better than it was in the first one. A small nitpick that I'll say is like there is some bad editing in it, but that's legitimately what keeps it from being like a perfect movie in my mind. I have a I have a note on that, yeah. and uh, big reason why I think that the editing might be a tough at some points is because uh, all the 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 actors and like the quote unquote pilots were responsible for filming themselves. When they went up in the jet. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to say, by the way, uh, the when I say that there's bad editing, I I'm not even counting the action stuff. I'm saying like like the bar scene oh, okay. and like yeah, like they'll just there's a a, a couple of uh, spots where there's a little trouble because it, it it looks so much better the the action scenes so much better than the first one that yeah it's not it even could close. be bad yeah. and I wouldn't even notice it because it just looks incredible. But that's interesting. You said everybody was flying? Yeah, so I didn't know that. I figured that, like, I know Tom Cruise is crazy enough to do, like, his yeah. flying and stuff, but they, he put them all through a three-month training program in which they had to learn to not only, like, to, like, to, like, learn the aircrafts, learn to fly, but they also had to learn to film themselves when they were up there. Because the, the director, I forget his name, but he was like, I mean, I can't do anything about this. Oh, so they just right. had cameras strapped to, like, the planes and they all had to learn how to film themselves and they had to learn about editing and like learn how to keep consistency and shit like that. So that seems like a very uh, difficult undertaking for an actor. Meanwhile, when they're on the ground, fucking shitty ass director can't even get like the, <laughs> the can't even get. What would you uh, say you do here, pal? <laughs> rooster and uh, fucking hangman. Just there's one. I, f- I forget what like it's a scene between rooster and hangman and. Like Hangman finishes a line or whatever, but then like it cuts right right back to his face, and he's it just he clearly like hadn't just spoken, but whatever. Those are small. We things. are and very again, much nitpicking this right is, now. That's like looking for why this movie isn't actually perfect. Yes, um, there is one terrible line in the movie. You know what it's going to be? It's between Rooster and Hangman. It's so awkward. Uh, which one? When they're at the bar in the beginning and. They've all been summoned for this mission, and Hangman saying, "Hey, you know, there's going to be a leader. We got to find out who, uh, like, who's going to be able to follow me." And Rooster says, "Hangman, the only place you'll be leading anybody is an early grave." What the fuck? I think. I mean, that seems pretty. Uh, that's his reputation, though. That's like, if this were school, the teacher would like send a note home to that kid's parents and be like, hey, they were doing some like light banter <laughs> and then your son said something like mortifying. I don't know. These are adults and they're like, that's a that's his reputation. That's why he has the nickname Hangman or the call sign Hangman. He leaves people out to dry. He's going to get somebody killed at some point. I think that that's pretty on brand. I thought you were going to say some of the dialogue. Between- no, but he was no, he was saying like that he was going to die, too, though. No, he said you're going to lead some. You're going to lead somebody to an early grave. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, let me see. I, th- I thought I wrote it down. He said the okay. only place you're going to lead, lead anybody okay. is right. an early grave. All right, so that's fair. Okay, yeah. I thought you was saying like, oh yeah, well you're going to be dead soon. <laughs> no, no. He was going to say you're going to get somebody else killed, which is entirely his reputation. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I thought you were going to say some of the dialogue between Miles Teller and Tom Cruise up in the air. Is is a little rough and like cringy when they're like sort of like trading jabs. Yeah, a little too like, corny. Yeah, like old man, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's like there's some weird lines there, but like oh, Miles Teller doesn't give a great performance in this. I would say that he's pretty good outside of the cockpit or the box. He some of his lines in the box are tough. His like, why did you pull my papers? Scene. And I, I say this with all the love in my heart for Miles Teller. I think that Miles Teller fucking rocks. Whiplash is one of my favorite movies. He's like. You pulled my papers. It's like they either needed to like bump up the music or like have something else to just like, distract know. it from like how he was kind of being a little uh, Tom Brady. I didn't mind it. No, I, I think that he it's it's because that's one of those moments where uh, he'd been waiting to say that for a long time, but was waiting waiting for the right moment. Could have practiced it better. It came <laughs> off a little cringe. My Hit the mirror, thing, pal. My favorite thing about uh, Rooster though is that uh, by far in this group of twelve people they have assembled. Rooster is the worst pilot because he's a bad pilot. He doesn't fly 
planes fast enough. He is very he's very conservative. He doesn't fly fast he enough. He does not fly fast enough. That's something if you're in like if you're doing fighter pilots, you probably need somebody who does who will do the speed limit, will even approach the speed limit. All they talk about the whole movie is like Rooster, you know you're supposed to be going at this speed, right? And he's like yeah, we'll make it I'll up be in the able, straight away. I'll be able to get it. We'll make it up. And they're like, yeah, but you, you're you always too slow. You <laughs> never fly fast enough. And then he yells at Tom Cruise. He's like, why did you pull my papers? And he's like, because I didn't think you were ready. And he was like, why didn't you think I was ready? It's like, because you don't fucking fly You're going four miles per enough. hour. <laughs> yeah, it's it's your, you're trying to be a fighter pilot. You have to fly the plane quickly. That is funny, yeah. But it's, I mean, like, I like the dynamic of, like, one of the guys is way too conservative and the other one's, like, way too aggressive and gung-ho. I think that way too conservative is putting it nicely. He doesn't fly planes fast. Yeah, but he does. He does uh, look out for his his uh, his brethren. That's because as they're lapping him, he's like, "Hey, I noticed that." Uh, <laughs> like as you were going by, your me check a engine second. lights on. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, like hey, as you flew past me, past me, I saw you've got a tail light out. I do like that, that uh, when they were going we're out of through- range on calm now because you're so far ahead of me. <laughs> when they were talking about like mission parameters, uh, Miles Teller like very, uh, very aggressively chimed in and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The plane's threshold is 7.5. And he's like, that's the accepted threshold. Why don't you stop being such a puss? <laughs> oh, my God. I love when uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Maverick is explaining the mission. They already know the mission, but when he's saying like, all right, here's how we're going to do it. He's saying, okay, we're going to fly up here. We're going to get past these things. We're going to go down. Basically got to do like a little backflip. Got to hit the target. Then you got to climb out straight up. And this climb out is going to be crazy. You got to really, really burn as you're at this impossible angle. You're probably going to pass out and black out as you're doing it. Then you're going to get to these things. And like uh, Phoenix interrupts and is like, is this even achievable? And he's like, yeah, with the right pilots. Now, if you'll let me finish. At this point, uh, nukes will hit you. And then if you get past them, then it turns into a dogfight. There will be 16 different countries with like swarms of fighter pilots coming at you. At which point, the little kid from uh, uh, fucking... Um, what's the movie with... Uh, where they're in the jungle filming the movie, Tom Cruise is in it. Oh, uh, uh, Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Like, at which point the kid from Tropic Thunder is going to jump on your back and stab <laughs> you. Like, he's explaining to these kids, like, there is no way you're going to live through this. And one of them's like, hey, there's no way we're going to live through this, right? And he's like, just just get better at flying planes, okay? Don't be a fucking slow poke like Rooster and you'll be okay. Yeah, but the best part of the movie, I think, or one of the best parts of the movie is when he... Flies it solo. He steals a plane, as we mentioned on the Friday episode. Big theme of this movie is Tom Cruise just is obsessed with stealing planes. Does yeah. it three separate times mm-hmm. uh, and steals a jet, f- flies the mission uh, to prove that it is possible. And there's a delivery from Phoenix of just one word, and it's perfect. What'd you say? She just go. She goes, nice. There, he steals the jet, and like once they figure out what he's doing to prove that it's possible, oh yeah, they're all they all like lean forward in their seats and they, they're like assume aggressive gamer pose, and they're like, "Wow, he's gonna do it!" And then she just goes, "Nice." That was like the perfect delivery. I loved it so much. Phoenix rocks. I noticed this. I was so uh, excited about Tom Cruise stealing planes in the first one. The point at which rooster really becomes like on maverick's level because by the end there he's really taking him under his wing no pun intended mm. is when rooster at the end steals a plane to save maverick they're like okay mission's d- done gotta come back now he doesn't steal everybody comes back he yeah. he he uh he like, like he like extends his lease on the plane that he currently owns. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But that was yeah, when he shoots down there, there's a lot of uh this happens a lot in like 24 and stuff where someone's dead to rights. They're about to get like man, someone's about to blow their head off and as they're about to pull the trigger, they get shot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that with this movie where uh enemy pilots who by the way have the worst shot in the world 
They oh, were, the guy in the helicopter, absolutely it's incredible. Yeah, he's terrible. Tom Cruise is like dead to rights. Yeah, he's like he's like eating spinach, so he's like as big as possible. Like he's could an impossible target to miss. Yeah, and they are missing impossible targets. Uh, by the way, one of my favorite things about this movie uh, is there is like the most nondescript enemy ever. Like yeah. they they don't tell you who the enemy is. They don't show them. They show like. Uh, just fully blacked out like pilots with you can't see their face you can't see anything you know nothing about the enemy and it doesn't fucking matter there yeah. is like the, there is no like human form of a bad guy in this movie and it's awesome works for a lot of reasons you don't focus on who the enemy is you just, just know the there is an enemy the movie will probably age better and they say the biggest enemy is time really is that what they say yeah but they say, you missed that when they said that like nine times in this movie. Oh, I thought your you biggest saying, adversary is time. Oh, I thought you were saying like they say, meaning I was like, I've heard like time is on my side. No, by they, I mean Tom Cruise in this movie constantly says your biggest adversary is time. Ah, let's look at the uh, let's talk about the looks in this movie. Let's talk about the cast first because the cast is awesome. And I think everybody has uh, everybody has a little bit of room to shine. Yeah. With the exception, maybe, of Jay Ellis. I take that back. Said that last time. Jay Ellis didn't get an, enough shine. He still probably didn't get enough shine, but he got a lot more than I thought. He ends up being chosen for the mission, which I didn't y- consider. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... He's one of the six. I think that we one say... One five. I think that we say that he doesn't get enough shine because we know what Jay Ellis can do in, like, the charm department. Yeah. And they really don't let him, like, spread his wings there because the ball can only go to so many people. But I think they do a good job of, like, letting everybody have, like, a bit of time to shine. He could have been Hangman. Because uh, he, he also plays a dickbag well. Yeah, but we Glenn saw. Powell is fucking perfect in that role. I think the best shot of this entire movie... And there's all sorts of things going on in this movie. A lot of different shots up in the air, down on the ground, fucking people throwing him out of the bar. The push-ups. When Hangman has to do his push-ups, he's doing them real close together, hands real close together, and it's just a dead-on shot. It's like, What's the Twitter account? Like one perfect shot one or whatever? One perfect shot, yeah. The one perfect shot from this movie is when he is doing his push-ups, it's just dead on him his arms look incredible of course his face looks incredible that's the best shot in the whole movie i i mean i disagree but i think there are like nine different times in this movie that you could submit to one perfect shot and mm-hmm. it would it would work like there the cinematography is fucking awesome yeah um, I'm, not, I'm not saying by the way that glenn powell didn't crush oh he uh, did hangman which he did he was also i'm uh, saying he could have also done i'm saying jl's absolutely could have also played that character uh I don't know. I, I I really loved Hangman. He was just like so fucking cocky and like yeah. has. Did we say that he had a punchable face? Yeah, yeah. I think that he like had an intentionally punchable face. Yeah, and uh, he was he was up for and a finalist for Goose or uh, uh, Rooster. 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 Makes, it would have made way more sense. It was, he looks like him. Miles Teller, Nicholas Holt, and uh, Glenn Powell, and they ended up. Glenn Powell was a finalist. They liked him so much that they increased uh, the role. They expanded the role of Hangman. Or, like, I don't even know if Hangman was an original character. But they liked Glenn Powell so much that they brought him on and expanded uh, the role of Hangman. I mean, that would have been such a chunk job if they didn't have Hangman. There needed to be, like, a next Iceman. There needed to be, like, more of a... I think that if they went too hard on, like, the Tom Cruise versus uh, Rooster, it would have been... Not quite as enjoyable. It would have maybe been annoying, maybe, possibly. But, yeah, they they put Glenn Powell in that role. Also, almost in this movie, and I would have loved it so much, Thomas and McKenzie almost played the daughter. Oh, wow. One of my notes is that kid sucks. Yeah. I think that was like the weak link. Yeah, I think that was like like the weak link. Yeah, Yeah. she really provided nothing to the role. I I think They would have had to add so much to that character because I know that, that this movie was shot 100 years ago, but like... Thomas and McKenzie doesn't get out of bed for less than like. That's uh, not true. We've seen Thomas and McKenzie w- lead like, one of those one of those movies that we talked about. Old was no, it wasn't old. There was a movie that we talked about. And we were like, th- we hated it. We were like, this is such a waste of Thomas and oh, McKenzie. What was it? Uh, it was a movie that we fucking hated. I mean, she was awesome in Last Night in Soho. No, I'm gonna have to look it up because I I remember. I do remember the discuss saying like, why was. 
Like, why did they why waste did this bullet? This? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. We are the Goon Squad and we're coming to town. Beep, beep. Uh, last night in Soho, you're old. Oh, Power of the Dog. The Power of the Dog. Yeah. yeah, she was at a she had a terrible role in that movie and like basically did nothing. So if she's gonna waste her bullets on that, uh, she wanted to be in this movie. She was cast, but she had to drop out due to filming conflicts. Man, uh, Jennifer Conley, of course. That's a, that's another like people are. I, I've seen a few tweets that are like Jennifer Conley, sup? Yeah, no shit. And I'm like, where you been? You, you 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 knew here. She, I mean, she is. She's Rep- a stud, stud. Reprising her role as the love interest of a person leading Miles, Miles Teller, Teller into Correct. a mission. Correct. Yeah, only the brave. Happier movie. Yeah, definitely a happier ending. Uh, only but the brave she, is excellent. But, I mean, Jennifer Conley plays like. The veteran love interest better than any the better than anybody. I agree with that. I agree with that. She gets, just gets. I'm so mad that she's in. Uh, she's just not that into you. They make her character. They, they they give her such a trash relationship. She's with Bradley Cooper. He's lying about smoking. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But he's also lying about having sex. Starjo. Yeah. Um. The Bob is a great character in this Love movie, Bob. and he is played by Lewis Pullman, who I did not realize until after yesterday's viewing. The son of Bill Pullman. Love that. Who do you think is better? Big flying family. Big big mission flying family. That's right. But again, more successful. Lew- Correct. Uh, Lewis Pullman or... Well, that mission was successful, just not so much for... No, it was... Uh, no, they didn't land. They, they, but they wait. What are you talking about? Apollo thirteen. Oh, I, I was talking about Independence Day. Oh, is Bill Pullman? No, no. I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of. I got. I'm not. I'm not trying to to trash anybody. Your internet has been misbehaving. It, yeah. No. For it, my computer, and I can't. I can't wiki on the fly, so I can't look up who fucking was in Independence Day. It's Tom Hanks and a bunch of people that are like Bill Pullman. But Tom I don't think Hanks. Bill Pullman is one. Of the, and I'm sorry. Uh, I was like, what the fucking fuck? Apollo 13? Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about Apollo 13. Have you seen Apollo 13? I don't think so. They don't land on the moon. Well, famously, yes. They I, go know. Like I know that. Past it. Why? Do you know? Do you have like I have Apollo, space knowledge? I have Apollo knowledge. I don't think I do. I know like I know the ones that didn't go well. I don't know any of the successful ones, what's, really. What's what's uh is Apollo eight one? I, I assume that if they got Apollo to Apollo thirteen, Apollo a notable one, but it's th- that's the thing. Like I know, I, I don't want to celebrate something that shouldn't be uh, celebrated. Uh, Apollo eight. That's a explosion one, right? Uh, it's the first crewed spacecraft to leave Earth orbit and the first human spaceflight to reach the moon. The crew orbited the moon 10 times without landing and departed safely back to Earth. Just a flyby? Yeah, I kind of said that's what Apollo 13 did. Really? They didn't okay. Get out. All right. They were just so. like, all right, well, we saw it. We're they here. Yeah. Uh, like, don't even Maybe I don't have Apollo job. knowledge then. Uh, apologies. Who else? I'm going to look up real quickly. I, I mean, Kevin Bacon's in Apollo 13, but Apollo 13. No, don't give me the actual thing. Give me the movie. It's Tom Hanks. Bill Paxton is who I was thinking Ah, uh, R.I.P. Ed Harris, who's also a big uh, flying movie guy. True, but a very minimal role in this movie. Kevin Bacon, Gary Sinise. Yeah, okay. Gary Sinise has got a... uh, He just got the face of someone who's kind of troubled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a fair uh, uh, assessment. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Uh, also, R.I.P. Tony Scott. Did you know that Tony Scott had died? No. So Tony Scott directed the first Top Gun and was set to direct this one as well. And it was part of the reason this movie like got delayed for so long. Because they, annou- they announced the production starting on this movie in 2010. Sounds right. 2010. Seriously. And then two years later, uh, Tony Scott killed himself. Oh no! Yeah, really? Yeah, which like right as the like production was picking up, like they were scouting locations and like going through sk- script stuff, and he jumped off a bridge. Jesus! Yeah, like, I was gonna say that's some real uh, tick tick boom stuff. 
But like, he also had to have known. Like I, the, the 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 rent guy, I can't think of his name. Uh, didn't know that rent was going to be rent, and oh, obviously yeah. he didn't die by choice. Yeah. Uh, Tony Scott probably knew, like once this thing gets made, yeah, it's going to be enormous. Damn, that's uh, that's- that stinks. I also did not know that he was the brother of Ridley Scott. Whoa! So big director family. Man, um, I did want to talk about uh, Returned Valor, which. There's a big bar scene in this movie, of course, which one of the few things I didn't need was uh, was Great Balls of Fire, but whatever. It's fine. I mean, uh, I don't think that they over... I don't think they overdid it with, like, the wink-wink stuff. I yeah. think that they re- re- they recreated a couple iconic shots, which were... which was cool to see. Uh, there was enough enough references without being, like, too gratuitous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's cool, we talked about this after we saw the movie yesterday. Every... You... Didn't need to see Top yeah. Gun, and I That's recommend the, to people you don't see Top Gun. One uh, of the biggest questions that I've gotten over the past like week or so is like, do I need to? Do I need a refresher? Do I need to see the first one? The answer is no. It does help, um, but you don't need to. But I'm glad I did. But you don't need to because I had only seen Top Gun like a month or the two ago. The only thing where it helps because everything they show, for every reference they make to the last one, with the exception of one big one, they will. Fill it out. So, like, as Great Balls of Fire is happening, they show them. They show they Goose playing archive it. footage. Yeah, yeah. Or when uh, they're thinking of like, uh, did anybody die last movie? They show Goose dying. Or yeah, whatever. like so you, They make it easy to connect the dots. The only one that they don't really connect for you is the adversarial relationship between, between Iceman, Iceman, and, and, and Maverick. Maverick. Yeah. But other than that, like, who cares? Uh, also. Dark as hell that they give Iceman like Val Kilmer's life. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's and then they kill him. Sorry for the spoiler, but like that's should be pretty obvious, I guess. Um, He I I will say like looks aren't everything, and obviously his like vitality is much more important. But Val Kilmer does look very good. He's in remission, which is nice. Yeah. I don't know if he was in remission as uh, as they were filming, but like he does look good for a guy that's been in like a very intense battle with throat cancer yeah. and like cannot speak. And I did not know uh, that he doesn't actually speak. Well, yeah, he he had to have like, like uh, AI. They like had yeah. an AI recreation of his voice yeah. uh, for the scene that he's in. Uh, but yeah, it is a little dark that they're like. We'll give you your character the exact same affliction as the one you've been suffering with in real life, and then you'll die immediately. Yeah, yeah, not definitely not like a direct comparison, but like we've talked about, like Affleck doing the way back. Like as they're doing it, I always wonder if anyone's like, ben, "Does you this sure? hit a little too close to home?" Like, are you sure you're cool? Like, we could get like, well, we'd have to get another actor. We can't really change like this character uh, on the fly, but. uh so there's there's the big bar scene where he gets there, Maverick gets there, and he's talking to Penny, who is played by Jennifer Conley, and one by one, all of these kids that he has to teach come in, and they're all rocking there because it's like a navy bar. They're all rocking their navy duds, except for Miles Teller, and that for a guy like, for a guy who. Clearly plays by the rules. Yeah. He him showing up in a Hawaiian shirt is just like what memo did he miss? And I know that that's like the way that you have to do it sometimes where like everybody in Destiny's Child would wear like the same thing and then Beyonce would wear something like a little different so you know like she's the leader. Beyonce's yeah. fucking Beyonce here. But I thought that I was like would this qualify as like rejecting valor or like Saying like no, 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 thank you. That's true. I and mean, why didn't Hangman immediately say like, "What are you too cool for the fucking navy?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. You raise a good point, and like especially nice outfit, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially with like that is a navy bar. It's called the Hard Deck, mm. and also the, the a big theme of this movie. Top a three hard theme is Hard Deck. Um, if you're gonna go to a navy bar, you would think that like. You're just itching to wear the uh, the 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 uniform. Isn't I, I, I said uniform in quotes. I meant I was going to say the outfit. Yeah, the uniform. Wasn't uh, was Maverick wearing the outfit? 
Or was he just doing he, his... he was wearing uh, the 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 jacket. Yo, that jacket looks so soft. That the my big takeaway from the initial Top Gun was like sick jackets. Just oh, yeah. jackets all over the place in this movie. I've intended for about 3 winters in a row to get a leather jacket and mm-hmm. I haven't. Do you have a leather jacket? I do have a leather jacket. I have a couple leather jackets and uh I need to get a new one, I think. I just I have like one of the ones that has the the hood attached. Oh yeah. And like I think I need like a regular leather jacket. My thing is like there's certain clothing items, I don't know if this makes sense, where you're like if I get that clothing item, I know exactly like which type of person I will look at. Like a leather jacket on certain people will look like a bunch of different things and everything. If I wear a leather jacket, just given the rest of the my type of wear, I'll look like the like uh sound guy for like a rock band or something which isn't a bad thing no but i just like don't like i just don't like how obviously the rest of everything would come together you know uh speaking of outfits tom cruise wears the fuck out of a white t-shirt his white t-shirts in this movie were crisp as hell uh this is a really good um it seems weird to say because it's like they're in uniform for like most of the movie but like looks and and uh just like clothing choices in this movie are awesome did you know about i think i knew but forgot did you know about tom cruise's teeth no oh man i was distracted the whole fucking time after being reminded of this you know what tom cruise uh has a middle tooth what like in between his two front teeth so if you draw a line down your face you're gonna get to the crack between your two front teeth yeah Tom Cruise's teeth aren't that way. Are they like offset? They're a just little like bit? yeah, they're offset or nudged over or something. Just Google Tom Cruise teeth, and I was the whole time I was like, well, he does like a lot of big smiling in this movie. There's a lot of like huge. huge I mean, he's smile. famous for like the the a crazy having a crazy smile. It's a good smile. Yeah, it's, it's a great smile. But like, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they do like they have a whole line lineup thing where it's like it's. The line down his nose is just set right in the middle of one of his big teeth. Do you ever do the thing with – so that picture that you just showed. It's like the symmetry. has like a, a an actual line drawn down. That, have you ever done the thing with the quarter mm-hmm. where uh, you say to somebody like, hey, like you know that you can't like drag a quarter down your face and – then you uh, take a pencil. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You end up with a line on their face. <laughs> Good Got luck him. getting that Got off, him. pal. <laughs> um, the, uh, the end scene where they're outside the hangar and Jennifer Conley shows up with her vintage Porsche, which she, is just Jennifer like, Conley is so rich in this movie. So rich. She's and it's like boat. Com- she buys a bar. Yeah. She has a boat. Well, her dad was a, a, um, a admiral in the Navy, which oh, I, okay. I don't think that they – I didn't pick that up until reading about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they like make that a big deal. And I don't know if that was like – you know how when they first meet uh, at the bar, she says, like, haven't seen you since the last time you pissed off an admiral. I wonder if oh, that was like a wink to like her dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, so she's, she comes from money. Her family's well off. Mm-hmm. But she has a sailboat. She has a house right on the water. She bought a bar. She seems to live very comfortably. She has a vintage Porsche. But when she pulls up outside the hangar in the vintage Porsche and is like leaning up against it, and then Tom Cruise comes over. No two people have ever looked as like all American as these two people. Like that would be my one perfect shot. Have you ever had this is a personal question, but have you ever had the uh person waiting for you at a car scene in your life? I've never no, had that before. Never had it. It happens in so many things. It happens in uh, Baby Driver, of course. Lily James at the with the red convertible. I think the problem is neither one of us have a cool enough car and neither one of us has somebody that would want to meet us. That at would it. have yeah. <laughs> but even somebody that would have that car. I, I've also I've like gone to pick people up and yeah, but how often do you, you like get out of? How long do you like, get out of the car? You always stand at like the back of the car. You stand behind the uh, passenger, the, like the back seat. That's such a weird thing they do. No, so I think in this one she was like standing at the passenger side, and so like if if you're on like a date, 
mm. and you're picking somebody up, then it might make sense because that gives you the opportunity to open the door for them and be a gentleman. So that's where I think maybe it would come into play. But how often do you pick somebody up, get out of the car, and then like post up against it? And like, n- no offense, doing that with like a Hyundai Sonata, yeah, not that cool. I also wonder this, like younger people. I don't even know if I was like, I'm too old to know the answer to this, but I don't think young people... You guys like pick each other up for dates or do you just meet places and yeah, it's a good question. Uber around. I don't like if I, I bet the answer is no. I bet the I, I think the answer is like where you are in your relationship, because I think like first date, you're probably not picking somebody up. You're probably meeting them at the bar because that gives that gives you an out. You don't necessarily have to leave with the person if it's not going well. I also think a lot of people just Uber now because like if they're like I'm going on a date and I'm nervous, I'm gonna like maybe drink and make it a make it a little bit more comfortable and then I won't have to drive home. I wonder what that's like now. And I wonder like how it would be received if somebody was like, Okay, I'll I'll pick you up. When I was a younger man, like early twenties or something, if uh like if I got somebody's number and like was going to take them out or whatever, my thing and I I don't think it was like too crazy but it did kind of feel like right at the edge technologically i'd give him a call i wouldn't text and say like hey how's your week been blah blah just like one day i'd give them a call and just be like hey blah blah, talk for a little bit and that i think like back then there's probably like i don't know like 2010 ish or something like that i think that was like right at the edge of like huh that sh- that doesn't happen anymore. I think you you unless you caught like the right person, I think yeah. that that would be considered a red red flag. Like if you did it now, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah if I, you I, like, I bet the, that nobody can call each other. Yeah, I think that if like you called somebody who like you were, uh, on like had prospects of dating or like going on a date with, and you called them, they'd be like, "Yo, what the fuck is this person's problem?" Yeah, but that um, was also unless like, you catch a person who like really appreciates that instead of texts. Yeah, folks, let us know. I, I'm guess I won't even ask about the calling. I think that that's out. I think that like you probably have to do everything via text and shit. But I would guess that like the picking up in a car thing, in certain hey, ne- folks, next time you go on a first date, stand outside of the car and just like kind of nod <laughs> and just, call them. <laughs> just nod and, and yeah, and then take out. Yeah, wait, like call them call on them, the phone. Yeah, or just like call to them. Just be like. Hey, I'm out here. I'm, at, I'm ready. No, I think that I'm at it, the car. I think you should call them to let them know you're outside, and then they walk out, and you're sitting like on the car or posting up against the car. That would be like a real back to back red flag situation. Then they'd have to decide which one freaked them out more. Yeah, folks, uh, do that. I'm glad you brought up the the daughter though of Penny Amelia because that kid was. Now it makes me it makes me even more sad uh, that I guess I wasn't really sad about it. I didn't really care. I was just like, yeah, this character. Uh, but like, it makes me sad that it wasn't played by Thomas and McKenzie. Now, yeah, uh, they do go on the boat though. And next chance I get, I'm going. It's uh, Maverick and Penny go out on the boat, and there's like a lot of nice shots on the water. They're holding each other. I will 100% be adding. Uh, Why did it have to be me from Mamma Mia Two to that? And that will be the. <laughs> crossover event of the century also that scene it bothered me that tom cruise once again wearing a crispy white t-shirt and it never gets wet yeah that man is like absolutely grinding to stay on the boat and not in the ocean he would have been soaked in that situation and uh just no no wetness on the t-shirt the white t-shirt at all uh, jennifer conley she's doing jennifer conley does a lot of like the loose fitting pants Great oh yeah, look. yeah yeah crushes them but she's doing like white pants uh like when yeah. they're on the boat he's doing a white tee like between the two of them it would be an absolute risky business yeah refre- reference to another tom cruise movie well, i'd like that. to uh quickly discuss the Tell teaching me. Like, like tom cruise the teacher i'd quickly because... like to discuss uh if we're nitpicking things uh the, the beach football scene was outrageous just oh yeah just nonsense i think we talked about that on the the last one but yeah it was just he nonsense he that doesn't exist was supposed to be teaching them and well John no i was saying over. more of the idea of dogfight football offense and defense at the same time just logistically that would be a nightmare I, I, that's something that i feel like kids have tried at recess thinking that they're like smart 
Like he takes they're at like Burger King and uh John Ham walks in and he's like, What exactly do you think you're doing? We need to there's still things that need to be taught to these kids, and he's like, I am teaching them. They're going up to the soda machine and they're putting the sum of every soda in the same cup, finding out where, all which up. works best, mixing it all up, finding crazy combinations. I feel like Rooster would have been like, I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is like the rules of football, guys. Yeah, I think he'd be like, uh, uh, let's be a little bit more conservative here. Let's play one way. Yeah, so I don't think I, I, I get that maybe the movie. And certainly you were saying, like, no, it's just that he's, like, by the book and he's, like, trying to just not overdo anything. I simply think he's just bad and he goes too slow. He's not bad. He's nervous. He thinks – he overthinks too much. Yet he's the one that's always saying it's the wood, it's the guy in the – I find that so funny that he's the first person to say, say like, it's about the, yeah. the pilot. And Tom – and uh, Mavericks is back to him. He's like – yeah, that's what I'm fucking saying. That's, and you suck at this. That's why I love Hangman, too, because because uh, he keeps saying that. He, Rooster keeps going like, it's about the guy in the box. And Hangman's like, you are not supposed to be here. Yeah. He's like, you are not built for this mission. So that that's what I was going to say, though, about uh, Maverick, the teacher. They give him this job, and he's like, hey, I'm no teacher. I'm not good at this. I done it before, and I wasn't good at it. And they're like, damn it. You got to be a teacher. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to give it my best. And uh, he's the worst teacher. In his meetings, they are calling out the whole time like crazy. When he, the scene where Rooster and Hangman are just like, they basically get in a fight by the end of the scene, but he's telling them what the mission's going to be. And they're just like calling out and being like, oh, you see, uh, Rooster's going to fuck that up. And at no point is Maverick like, Respect hey, your, your, we're all on the same team here. I'm not here. done here. Can you let me finish fucking speaking? And then you guys can get in your fucking dick measuring contest. They are calling out the whole time. Yeah, there is a bit of Wayne Gretzky to Tom Cruise as a teacher, too. Where just he's just like, just me. just do what I do. Be as good as me. And, and they're like, is this mission possible? And he flies it to be like, see, yeah, it's possible. You just have to be the best pilot in the fucking world. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, there's there's a little bit of plot holes there where it's like, how, do, how does he actually teach them to do this? Yeah, my final note that uh, I, I, I've yet to hit is... They there's a lot of like mock talk because they got to get the thing to mock 10 first mock nine then mock 10. How did mock but why did Gillette adopt the whole mock thing as part of their shaving thing? I don't know. What's the connection there? I have no idea. Maybe it just sounds You're gonna cool. shave so fast. I don't know. Maybe they were maybe they were actually like trying to appeal to uh, servicemen because famously they, uh, they have to keep it. Keep it tight. That's the only thing I could think of that, like, what kind of people are clean shaven? But they, the one, the big one they push, or at least they pushed, was like Mach 3 because it had three, three razors. Three blades. Isn't that so slow? That's like Rooster Quite speeds. slow. Quite slow. But that they were building up. Like, you know how they were, uh, they were talking about it was like the Mach 9 test? Yeah. They were building up because now, like, Mach 6 exists. For Did, do razors. they have Mach 6? I think. I, I know they have five. I assume they have six. Ugh. That's that's too many blades. I want them to get to Mach 10. <laughs> 10 just blades. If you fuck up once, your entire face has just like grill marks on it. <laughs> I like that. Hell yeah. A little close to the sun. Do you have any more Top Gun thoughts? Uh, this one, not nearly as gay as the first one, but I don't think that it needed to be. It put its focus in other areas. Yeah. And I think that we've adapted enough as a society yeah. and as a people that like, hey, we, we know that it's like, that we can be cool like this that. This movie is completely, not completely, as close to asexual as can be. And I like that about, like th- this movie doesn't, this movie does like two or three things. And it just does them as well as it can. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is this movie doesn't make you think. This movie doesn't really blow your mind with anything other than like, wow, that looks cool, and wow, this is a lot of fun. But any dummy should understand this movie. It is like one of the most accessible movies that you can watch. I 
What what's it doing on Rotten Tomatoes? It's it, got to be. I checked yesterday on the way home, and I nailed it. I guessed what it would be. It was ninety seven, ninety six on critic score, ninety nine for audience score. Wow! I got, I nailed both of those numbers. All right. Well, we'll continue to talk about this. I'm sure from week to week on the Patreon. Hey, get on the brunch Patreon, patreon.com slash listen to brunch. We're doing a lot of cool shit on Friday. We are going to discuss our least favorite memes and or Twitter things. I'll give you an example right out of the gate. Good morning to blank and blank only. That should be well done, but I've got a few ready to go. I've got a few. Yeah, there are some bad ones. And this is coming from people who at points intentionally try to do Bad memes. I would have said this is coming from people who know how to be bad and annoying on Twitter. Who do bad fucking... Man, I did the... I, I tried to bring the There Will Be Blood into this Avalanche series. It's tough. And I made Nathan McKinnon, Eli. As I was doing it, I sent to you. I was like, this might actually get like the golden sombrero. Like zero likes, zero retweets. Because nobody fucking knows who Nathan McKinnon is. No one knows that guy by face. No. 